0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Meara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode,
1: we're ticking off another box from the 2022 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge. Read a book and then watch the adaptation of that book. It's actually two boxes. These are two boxes, right? This is read that a book. Yes. Oh, my God. You're it's right. It's two boxes. So, hey, two boxes, one episode, as they say. I don't think that's something that we should be saying it, nope. about this podcast. Nope. Listen, you're thinking of something dirty, and I'm thinking <laughs> two. I'm thinking two birds, one stone, and you're thinking of something else.
0: I am definitely thinking of something else, but I'll, two, let's go with two birds, one stone for sure. Let's uh, maybe but first. What are you reading? For you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am listening to a book that I know is on a lot of top books of the year uh, list, so I decided to listen to it. It's Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. Narrated by Oh, this is, yeah Charlie big, big book. Thurston. Barbara Kingsolver is a great writer. I like her work. She wrote a book I used to recommend a lot. That is a nonfiction book called Animal Vegetable Miracle. I don't know. Oh no, I've read Poisonwood Bible. I was just like, have I ever read anything else of hers fiction? I've read weirdly more. I think more of her nonfiction. Well, maybe just that one. Maybe that, that book, because I used to recommend it all the time on the show. Anyway, it is great. It's a long-ass book. If you're ready for a long audiobook, it's like 21 hours oh, or I something. Oh, I didn't know it
0: was a honker. Yeah,
1: I didn't realize it. I didn't, I didn't realize it either. But it's honestly so engrossing that I have been going on— I've been thinking about it, so then I just go on hikes and put it on and listen to it for, like, you know, an hour at a time or something. Um, but it is about—it's set in the—it's um, set in Appalachia. Appalachia. I never know how to pronounce that correctly. How do you pronounce it?
0: I think people from Appalachia say it Appalachia, Appalachia. and people from outside say Appalachia. Got it. So,
1: it's there and <laughs> and um <laughs> um it's about um a boy who you know, it's just like his the life the saga of his life dealing with his mother who has um addiction problems and ends up marrying this kind of abusive guy and then it kind of goes through his life um uh, as he ends up in foster care and then in all these, I mean, this guy has a job when he's like 12 years old and then he's dealing with, it's its right around the time um, people started realizing that uh, opioids were addictive and so there, he's seeing that sort of happen around him um, and it's just this like very big book about this boy's life and this very specific part of like America and, and Americana that I think... Um, uh, we don't talk about as much, like that part of the world. And I think there's been a lot more books and films and things set in that part of the world um, because there's a lot of poverty there. Um, there's a lot of, uh, th- this is where one of the opioid, the crisis, the opioid crisis really like uh, took hold in this area and in, in like a, um, a very big way. And I sort of, um, oh, and and what I really loved about it, one thing I really love is this kid is really good at drawing and he loves to draw superheroes. And he started drawing superheroes when he was young and then he's always kind of like living his life like through the lens of like, well, what kind of superhero would this person be? Um, it's just a really beautifully written book about this kid and his life and I can see why it's on every book of of the year list. It's, it's I mean, because I think it's very uh, relevant, but also just um, a really beautifully written book from this kid's point of view who like, he wants to draw superheroes and see see the ocean, but he doesn't know if he's ever going to be able to do the latter uh, because of where he lives. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, the, people are comparing it to um, David Copperfield. That's been, like, I'm looking at stuff right now, and everything says David Copperfield, which I don't think I've ever read, so cannot make that comparison. I have also
0: not read. All right. Well, we don't know, but maybe it's like David Copperfield. What are you reading, Mallory? <laughs> uh, I am reading a fantasy book. Uh, oh. Yeah, we are in... Uh, in our, the final um, spree of the end of the year where Brian and I read as many 2022 releases as our eyeballs can handle. Um, so I'm reading The Book of Gothel by Mary McMine, and it is a retelling, Glasser Alert, Hello. of Rapunzel. But oh, instead yes. of... Yeah, it is it's so good. It is um but instead of from Rapunzel's perspective, it is the uh, written from the perspective of the witch who put her in the tower. Oh, I relate and to her so much, I feel like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the older I get, the more I relate you love to the western hair spells on women. The more I relate to witches in fairy tales. Go on.
0: <laughs> so if you like witchy stuff, this is a perfect matchup of a lot of glasser wheelhouse things because it's like witch stuff and retellings and it's like sort of historical I got really excited because the beginning of the book is actually not the story of the book it's about this um uh academic historian woman and she gets and she works in Germany and she gets summoned to she gets an email from this woman who says I found this manuscript under the stones in my basement and she goes and finds it and it is like this manuscript that's hundreds and hundreds of years old and that's like supposed to be the um uh, the events of the book ah, so you're cool. kind of like ooh it feels like it's real it's actually happening and it's it's really beautifully written it's super fun There's all kinds of great female characters it's um you got witches you got princes you got ancient towers you know a lot of really great um uh wheelhouse items I think this might be uh, a good glass or book and I'm really enjoying it so far so that's the book of Gothel by Mary McMine and mine is demon copperhead by Barbara Kinsalver and uh the narrator is Charlie Thurston So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got a lot of FOMOOB feedback. Now remind me what Instantly, that is. Instantly, people. What is FOMOOB? Fear of missing out on books. Okay,
1: great. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Someone wrote in and gave us so this. So we did work. an
0: episode recently about what to do with the fact that we are all going to die with a TBR list. Mm-hmm. Remember if you want to buy a sticker that says my other car <laughs> yeah. is a TBR list, you can buy it in our store. But a bunch of people wrote in. This is definitely a popular glasser topic. And Rachel said, I'm currently listening to the book FOMO episode and wanted to share the way I deal with it. I often talk to a friend of mine about our TBR list, and she will almost always express frustration about having too many books to get into. Not being able to deal with these types of frustrations myself, I decided to limit my TBR to what feels like a, quote, readable length. Mm. Uh, This year, I'm on track to read at least 150 books. Therefore, I decided to limit my TBR to 100. This does not mean I can't read books that are not on my TBR. These are just the cream of the crop. A lot of the books I read slash listen to are from my local library, meaning the catalog is limited for the things I am interested in. This has resulted in my TBR consisting of mostly books that are unavailable through my library and me reading more books that are outside of the TBR. Now when I go book shopping, I'm much more excited when I find something on my list." Also, when I reach 100 books and find another one I want to add, I will go back through my list and reassess whether I actually want to read each one. Mm -hmm. If I can remove a book to make room for the new one, it makes me feel better about letting that former book go. These rules are, quote, strict, meaning I follow them until they become a stressor, and then I let it go. My TBR is actually currently at 105. I love this. I like this rule. This This feels like something I
1: would also like keeping it to – maybe I'll cull my list to a very specific number. It's actually a really great idea. Um, Kate wrote in and said, I wanted to talk to you, talk about your recent episode discussing fear of missing out on books. I feel this almost constantly, but when it gets really bad and I start trying to read a dozen books all at once, the thing that breaks me out of the faux moob... I cannot believe someone sent us in that
0: word. That was not us. Who is that? Yes, we need to credit that person. That was a Glasser. That was a Glasser word, and now it is yes. part of the Glasser okay. canon.
1: Uh, the thing that breaks me out of the faux moob do- doom spiral is slowing down. I commit to one book and I close read for a few chapters. I'm talking pause between every sentence to savor it, kind of close reading. It reminds me that the point of reading is to actually enjoy it. And either I get more out of the book I'm genuinely loving, or I realize I'm not as into the story as I thought, and I can dump it with a clean conscience. Slow down, slowing down is also a very satisfying fuck you to that anxious little voice that's begging me to read faster. I guess it's a love the one you're with mentality. I'll never get through my TBR, but at least I can say I spent my time well with the books I did read. Thank you so much for your incredible podcast. It's one of my favorite ways to wind down and I'm excited to keep digging through your back episodes I love this, Kate. I absolutely love this. Slowing it down instead of— This is
0: of, fantastic. This,
1: one, this is what everyone will tell you. to It's good for you. It's good for your brain because I think we are constantly going, 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 trying to, like, do as much as possible. But if you can slow down and realize, oh, I like reading for reading, and I'm just going to read this one book instead of worrying about the next one, I think that's such a wonderful response. It's a real fuck you response.
0: How punk. Uh, and then Susan wrote in with a wheelhouse to say, I'm a Susan, which is the older sister of a Sarah in mm-hmm. my family at least— <laughs> I have an atypical wheelhouse to many glassers, yet I find just hearing about books and bookish things is so meaningful and makes me so happy. My wheelhouse is English slash European lit from around 1700 to 1890. Shout out to old-timey chick lit. And then I also love the 20s and 30s and sci-fi and fantasy satire from the 80s and 90s. I'm also reading books I don't always enjoy, but bear with me. I was finding my wheelhouse was getting a bit small and confining because I do not have book FOMO, and it usually takes me... 50% of a book to get into it, which is an investment of time. So as a project to expand my palette, I have been trying to complete the Rory Gilmore Reading Challenge, which is 505 books deep now, and I've completed 40% of it. For someone willing to push themselves but who isn't up for doing a master's program, I can highly recommend a challenge like this. I haven't loved every book I've read, but my mind is expanding and I'm becoming a faster reader. Signed, A Bookish Nurse from Canada. Natalie, what is this? this? I, I had never heard of this, so it must be all the books that Rory Gilmore reads on the show who's rory gilmore it's from the gilmore girls oh (laughs) i've never seen the gilmore girls but i have been on the on the internet long enough to know what the gilmore Gilmore girls are and i guess rory must be the character that is like very bookish and she's always reading all the time and it must be like every book that she reads on the show
1: oh you're right okay so authors mentioned in the gilmore girls wow i didn't know they did that much bookish, uh-huh, yeah, so Roy Gilmore book list is wow it is very long it's got every it's like christine it's brave new also, world shout
0: out to that fan that made that list and watched every single episode meticulously to make sure that they were getting every single book on the list wow I, the uh props department of this show is so excited that
1: y'all are doing this i'm just letting you know right now because they picked <laughs> out those books and they're they are thrilled um that's cool that's a great way that's a good challenge that's a good challenge for yourself
0: susan that is so cool and also Thanks for being a nurse. Very Mm -hmm. awesome. Also, Glassers, we have a very special bookmark uh, today. We're announcing the Reading Glasses holiday party. Yes, we are having a holiday Zoom party for our Maximum Fun members. Uh, It's already been announced in the Slack, but if you are not in the Slack and you are interested in joining, please email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. You don't have to be in the Slack to go to the party, but you do have to be a Maximum Fun subscriber who supports reading glasses. It is going to be December 11th. That is a Sunday. So, again, that is December 11th. It is a Sunday. We're going to keep announcing it until it happens. We have not chosen a time yet, but we're really excited because this is going to be the first Zoom party that we do that has breakout rooms. We are going to be talking about our favorite books of the year. And then there's going to be all these different rooms talking about different wheelhouse items and your favorite books from that wheelhouse that got released this year, maybe books that you're looking for, just your favorites of all time. We're really, really excited. We haven't done breakout rooms before. So it's going to feel kind of like a real holiday party. And you can bring your your drinks, your Santa hats, whatever you want to bring. We're really excited. Again, email us if you are not in the Slack, and you want to go. But again, that's December 11th, it is the Reading Glasses holiday party. We have not announced a time yet, but it will be uh, on Zoom, and we are super excited for it. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to list up all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about watching adaptations of books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent. And what's Soylent? It is the original food tech company, and they make delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. There are a bunch of different formats. There are protein shakes, energy shakes, Soylent Squared. They're like little square um, bars that Bria really likes. I'm big on the fourth format, which is their complete meal. It is a convenient, ready-to-drink shake. Uh, They also have powder formats, but I don't want to do any work, so I just get the shakes. It's got 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slow-burning carbs. It is delicious. I get the vanilla one because it tastes like a vanilla milkshake, and it is a great way to start my day. If you are a person who takes a lot of pills in the morning or during the day or whenever you do it and you don't like eating in the morning or you have a hard time making a small meal so you can have these pills like I do, this is perfect. Uh, I don't like eating first thing in the morning, but I really got to take my supplements for powerlifting. So I drink my shake and then I take my pills and I feel great it really is the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. You don't have to cook. You don't have to clean up. And it is made from U.S.-grown, sustainable source ingredients, which means Soylent is good for you and good for the planet. It is perfect for breakfast, but also for lunch. Anytime you need a nutritious meal that is also delicious and you don't want to go, go anywhere, you don't want to go through a drive through whatever it is, it's super convenient. I love it. My cabinet at home is full of them. And you can try it yourself right now by going to Soylent.com slash glasses and using code glasses to get 20% off your first order. So that's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Soylent.com slash glasses. Glasses.
2: Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Listen, you like podcasts, right? Sure you do. Don't try and lie to me. You're listening to one right now. So why not try a different one called R1, The Flophouse? Uh Uh-huh. And on The Flophouse, we watch a movie and talk about it. And then sometimes we also do other stuff. It's all meant to be funny and fun, and we think you'll have a good time. And just to be clear, the name of the podcast is not R1, The Flophouse. It's just (laughs) called The Flophouse. I do a lot of correcting Dan. The Flophouse. A lot of correcting Dan.
0: This week, we're ticking off two boxes on the 2022 Reading Glasses, Glasses Challenge. Read a book and watch the adaptation of it. What did we read and watch for this, and did we like the experience? First off, why did we put this on the challenge? Well, besides the fact that what's better, the book or the movie, is a time-honored debate among readers, it is really fun to watch an adaptation of something that you've read and see how the story changes and think about what makes the story what it is. And we do want to say, for all the rule-following glassers that we love, adaptation doesn't have to mean movie. It can be a TV show. It can be a play. Bria, what did you watch and read for this? Uh, My book
1: club read Firestarter. So I read Firestarter by Stephen King uh, with them. And then I watched the movie, which came out on Peacock. So they actually designed this for this reason. They did the same thing with Interview with a Vampire, but I was gone the month that they read that. So I didn't get to do that one. But, um, uh, yes. So this is, they read, uh, so I did that. what did you do? Wait, did you watch the new Starter
0: or the old Firestarter? The new one. There's a brand new one on Peacock. That came out this year. Yeah, that's what, okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so a while ago, my best friend found out that I had never read the Christopher Pike books. Um, they were a bunch of YA horror books that were popular in the nineties. And I just, I was a goosebumps girl, but I never got into Christopher Pike for some, whatever reason. And Mm -hmm. she mailed me a couple, uh, and I read one, which is, so it's The Witch by Christopher Pike. just in time for the Mike Flanagan Netflix adaptation to come out. Um, so there's this new show that came out within the past few months called The Midnight Club. Yeah. And it is a series about a home for terminally ill teens who meet at midnight every night to tell scary stories. And so the book, The Midnight Club, is the overarching, like, story of the show. The stories that the kids tell every night are each adapted from other Christopher Pike books. I think Mike Flanagan had to option, like, 30 Christopher oh Pike books to make the series. Oh my God, that's amazing. Because <laughs> like each show has like a part of at least two ad- two books um, or each episode of the show has a part of at least two books. And I love that all of his shows are based on books and stories. It's like that. that yes. That, I love that. And we should also shout out our friend Axel, who uh, directed two of the episodes, um, and they were my two favorites. Um, so, Bria, did you enjoy the experience of reading something and then watching the adaptation?
1: I did actually. Uh, I know that um,
0: <laughs> generally the movie I watched. Uh,
1: did, did you Did you see Firestarter? Ever, uh, um, yeah, no, uh, I it, heard didn't, it was not good. Yeah, people did not give it great feedback, um, and. But was was interesting. I, well, I was like, well, I've already read it, so I'm going to go ahead and do this because I need to do the Reading Glasses Challenge, and I'm going to watch it. But I think what's interesting is I saw it through different eyes because I was pretty invested in the story because I literally just read the book, and the book is fantastic. The book is great. um, And so it's hard to live up to that book. I think the original one is like Drew Barrymore, right? Yes, mm-hmm. and this is one of the few Stephen King books I haven't read. Oh, it's great. It's really good. But I was kind of more paying attention to the story rather whether it changed or stayed the same. And um, sometimes I find that a little distracting, but in this one I didn't. And it kind of, I think meant that I, it gave me a new set of eyes for the movie, if that makes sense. Um, Like I, I kept, I don't know. I kept thinking like, I, I was thinking a lot about the book while watching the movie. So I think I probably saw it in like a different way than a lot of other people did because I had just read it. What about you? Did it, did it, did you enjoy the, this experience? Did you enjoy this
0: process? I did. Um, it and I don't always, but with this, I did. It was pretty fun to read something that because when you read the books, they're a little cheesy, you know, they're very nineties. Um, and it was really fun to watch Mike Flanagan turn it into something that felt very modern, even though the show is still set in the nineties. But the uh, it just it felt very fresh and very new. Um, so and I I loved the show. I really really loved it. Um, it was our big uh, October show watch besides camel del toro's cabinet of curiosities which is also amazing um and I, I very much appreciate the way mike flanagan adapts things because it's all about making a good story first and an accurate adaptation second if mm. at all and i think adaptations are just that they are about adapting something not making the exact book in movie form i get frustrated when people are like well but it's different than the book i'm like yeah that's the point. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, w- w- Bria, what would you rather do? Would you rather watch something first and then read, or would you rather read it and then watch?
1: I think I'm a traditionalist when it comes to this. I'd rather I'd rather read it than watch it. Because I feel like once I've watched it, I'm less likely to read it, which I think a lot of people are the opposite. But mostly I think yeah. most people like to read than watch. Because a lot of times I'm going to like the book better. And um, also I feel like, again, I read the book. I have more insight into what the movie is, or the the TV show is, or something. So it like actually like I think improves my watching experience in a lot of ways because I can one think about what's different, but two I've already like know these characters, so it's kind of like watching your old pal do a, you know a play or something. You know, like <laughs> it's like it's interesting to see that your old pal's up there living their lives that your you're already old pal kinda know. loves to light things on fire, and it never ruins it for me. But sometimes the opposite ruins, where I re- watch the movie and then I read the book, and I'm like. Uh, I don't know. Something about it is less exciting. I, I have no idea.
0: I don't know why. There must be some brain, I brain agree. thing. Yeah, you're the same way. I will very, very rarely read a book after watching a movie. Um, well, personally for me, it's because I don't want to read a book where I know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, that takes a lot out of a book for me. It's also why I very rarely if ever, read novelizations of movies, which mm. we're definitely going to do an episode on at some point, um, I've got to read the book first and not just to be cool. Um, in fact, an adaptation coming out will often like spur me on to read a book for yeah. this very reason because I'm Same. like – I got to read the book unspoiled. I have to make my own ideas of what the characters look like and what happens before the movie comes out. Oh, it's interesting. I wonder if it is about spoilers for me. I don't think it is about spoilers. I just
1: don't know what it is. It's just less enjoyable. Wow, maybe this is the one place where I do care about spoilers. I
0: don't know. Wow. I think it's just the reading experience is different because you're not forming your own ideas of what the characters look like, what they sound like, what different Mm -hmm. places look like. It takes that element of reading out Mm -hmm. um and just sort of you know replaces it because you're it's very hard when you if you've watched something and then you read you know to to kind of take that book out of your brain and like and not see all the characters as they are you're right you're right right. As the actors yeah you're totally right so yeah I, I I have to read a book first um but I the other way around I really like reading the book first and then most of the time watching unless it's something like I have a hard time reading like watching an adaptation of something that I care about a lot um like it was watching the new uh Golden Compass show was very nerve-wracking because I was like oh my god I love this and if this is bad I'm gonna walk into the sea um but it's normally I like watching the adaptation of something because like you said it's really fun to be able to sort of be like, oh, I, you know, I kind of know the backstory for this character, even though they're not going into it in the movie or the show, you know, and it's fun to see, you know, someone else's, I think ultimately... Watching an adaptation of something is like a very, like a writ large version of talking to somebody else about a book because you get to see what somebody else's interpretation of these characters are and what they thought of it and what they think should have changed or or be different. Or So it's kind of interesting to see, like, when sometimes I'll be watching something and I'm like, oh, I totally understand this choice. That's not the choice that I would have made, but I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, so you can send your thoughts on reading at ad- reading uh, at ad- a book and watching an adaptation, and also pretty soon you're going to be having to send if you want to participate in the reading challenge. So this year we do not have gift cards, uh, and Pizza Hut will still not return my my, <laughs> my emails or my tweets. I've been trying for years, folks, to get that on uh, get in like in that Pizza Hut. Get that pizza. Uh, get that. Get that tiny pizzas. I get, I'm trying to get those tiny pizzas for us. If, folks, if anyone has, like, if you work at Pizza Hut, if you have a connection to Pizza Hut, we don't have to name names. You can be an anonymous source, but if anyone has a I connection I don't even like to Pizza, pizza Hut. Hut. I don't like Pizza Hut. I'd rather it be somewhere else. Oh, now they're definitely right, not we'll going to do it. If, if anyone set, has I've a connection that. to some sort of pizza place, especially one that has gluten-free pizza, let us know, because we're trying to get those tiny pizzas for you people. We really are. And also for ourselves. Um... But so this year we're going to be doing uh, what we normally do is some big boxes of books for people. Last I think last year we picked three winners and we asked them for their wheelhouses and then we sent them boxes of books um, with some books that might, be, that might be interesting to them. So that's going to be the reading challenge this year. Um, so at some point soon, uh, I mean, you could start now if you've already done it, you can start emailing us. And you, what you do is you email us uh, with your challenge list and you have to say all the things that you did for the challenge. We're not going to come to your house and check. It's totally on the honor system, but just like tell us what books you read tell us how you completed the activities. And then what I do is I am a lunatic who writes down the names of everyone who emails us and I put them on a piece of paper and I put it in a hat or a box or whatever I have available and I pick three out of there. <laughs> um, so if you want to, if you're getting ready to, if you have, if you finished the challenge, if you're getting ready, that's how you complete it. We're excited to see how people um, uh, completed it. But also if you're not doing the challenge and you just have thoughts on book adaptations and reading a book and then watching the adaptation, you can send it to Podcast at gmail.com. Before we answer a bookish question, we're going to take a quick break. Reading glasses is sponsored in part this week by ritual gaps in the diet should not be ignored over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. Especially this time of year, it is cold, it is dark and you might find yourself not getting enough vitamin D from your diet. And 95% of women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. That's where Ritual comes in. Ritual's essential for women 18 plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diet of women over 18. It was formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Folks, You know you want your brains and your bones and your blood to be healthy. And Ritual just released Symbiotic Plus, a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic, all in one minty capsule. The entire biotic spectrum is covered with Symbiotic Plus, and they're committed to third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO product. They're made from traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and there's always clear communication, no shady stuff here, with Ritual... And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Maybe as we're getting closer to the end of the year, you want to start new habits for the new year. You're thinking about your health. You are thinking about making some, some positive changes. Ritual can help with that. And again, right now, they're offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. All you have to do is go to ritual.com glasses, and you could turn healthy habits into a Ritual. So that's 10% off at Ritual.com slash glasses. That's Ritual.com slash glasses. Glasses.
2: Hey, it's John Moe, inviting you to listen to Depress Mode with John Moe, where I talk about mental health and the lives we live with all kinds of people, famous writers. David Sedaris, welcome to Depress Mode. Thanks so much for having me movie stars jamie lee curtis welcome to depression mode i am happy to be here musicians i am in st paul minnesota i'm talking to amy Mann. great to talk to you and song exploders rishikesh hereway welcome to depression mode thanks so much for having me everyone's opening up on depression mode on maximum fun
0: to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Heidi writes in, What are you looking for in a shelf talker when you go to a bookstore? I'm a bookseller and we are encouraged to write lots of shelf talkers, but we have to keep them brief. What kind of shelf talker really makes you stop and pick up a book? I'm probably way too self-conscious about what I'm writing, but I try to keep it to what I liked about the book and maybe a similar author or title. I almost always include my name so readers can get a feeling for the type of reader I am and either seek out or avoid my recommendations. Do you have any pointers on writing an attention-grabbing shelf talker, especially if you're the one and only staff member that regularly reads horror true crime and other genres not typically in the top sellers for a bookstore how can I help readers like me find something cool and before we answer this I just want to say so if you don't know what a shelf talker is it is if you go to a bookstore and you see those little pieces of paper that are sticking out from underneath books and it's like ah this book is great this book seller thinks this about the book that's what a shelf talker is Bria what do you think what in a shelf talker will make you pick up a book
1: first of all this could be a whole episode this is I think this is such a fascinating question um I mean, if you are the only person who who reads horror, true crime, and other genres, make sure you put that on the—that would be my first thing. Like, put horror, true crime, like that that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, we can tell because there's like, you know, true crime books always have like the same cover. Uh, so we probably know. <laughs> but I think it's really important to let us know, especially if you are the only one recommending those books. Um, but then I would say a couple of things that just help people— uh, that will grab people's attention, like a haunted house, you know, a spaceship, you know, that that big stuff that is going to draw us in—the wheelhouse items, basically. Um, and I wouldn't get scared to get really specific too, you know, robots and tea ceremonies, uh, jam on eating jam on a spaceship. I don't know, like the things that like those little things <laughs> are the things that actually I think once you've told me like this is true crime but just so you know it's someone who killed everyone with a dull spoon i'm like oh okay that that little did little tidbit got me interested um so i would say all those things i don't know how much space you have so now i'm like maybe saying too much stuff but i do love a comparison like having to write on an index card yeah 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 i think if you can get all those in that's great I do love a comparison too. Like if you're like, this is like a Paul Tremblay book or like for fans of Casey McQuiston, that is going to really help me. Um, and I do like the idea of you putting your name because it is something, uh, you know, there's book recommendation shows. There's all sorts of things where I do pay attention to who is recommending what. And if I'm like, oh, Heidi, you know, Heidi loves a good horror book. Then um, if the, I think your regulars at your store will appreciate that if it's allowed at the store. I don't know what your store's rules are. But those would be my top things. I'm going to say, like, the genre, you know, and the big stuff, and then maybe one small little tidbit and maybe a comparison. That is, like, a lot, though.
0: Maybe I'm not reading that far into the card. What do you, what do you say, Mallory. What's, like, the big thing? I mean, I, I would say, yeah, wheelhouse items. Mm. Um, I would say one big one and then one specific one. I think that's really the way to go uh, because it's quick, it's short, and it's a great way to grab attention. I would guess that some people might skip shelf talkers that are too long. Yeah, say more than, like, four or five sentences, which is funny because to think of people who don't want to read too much while they're browsing at a bookstore. I would say, like, four or five <laughs> words. Like, if
1: you could do, like, just words, you know, like horror, haunted house, you know, a Paul Tremblay-like book. That it will scare you to death. Love, Heidi. <laughs> you know, like that would get my attention more than <laughs> Love one. <Heidi>. Love, <laughs> The, the more, than, more than one that is like, you know, uh, like five sentences long. I am not
0: reading those five sentences. I'm really not. Yeah, I think it's listing two to four wheelhouse items, making sure one is very broad, like, the you know, the genre or another author. It's like, and then another very specific one, like Bria said, because the thing is that I think you— uh, people need to remember when they're in a, uh, trying to attract readers in a bookstore is that you are so overwhelmed. Yeah, There's so much going on. And if, you know, if you just say, oh, this is a horror book, like if you have a whole horror section, that's not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. But if you are like, this book's a horror and it's got horny vampires, you know, that's enough to make someone, like you said, Bria, go, Oh, okay. You know, I I am interested in that. And like, I know if I personally saw any of my wheelhouse items prominently featured on a shelf shelf talker, I would pick up that book. I'd also add that you could say something very brief about how a book makes you feel. Mm. If you don't want to, if like you don't have a, a good wheelhouse item for it, that's a really popular thing. I'm not on TikTok, but I hear about it a lot because I'm an author, and I know that's like a big thing. If you just if you're like literary fiction, um uh about um a sad family Uh, this book will make you cry your eyes out Mm -hmm. or maybe if you say this book will make you crack up, this book will heal your broken heart, this book will make you sleep with the light on, whatever it is, that's another big thing. So I would say rounding it up, other author, other very big popular author, it might be like two to four wheelhouse items, one very broad and then at least one that's very specific or how something makes you feel. Because sometimes readers, that's what they're looking for. They're not necessarily looking for a specific genre, but they're like, I just want a book that is going to make me laugh or I want a book, that's going to make me cry or whatever it is. And that I think would attract a lot of people. So we're both saying, keep it very short, but pick things that pack a big punch. And I also agree, please I think saying love Heidi is very funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this book will will make you not be able to sleep for weeks. Love Heidi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. So the, those are all our big tips. Although I'm very interested, Glasser's right in to tell us either things that, that you notice on shelf talkers that you really like or things that you see that you don't really like. I think Brie and I are both in agreement that if I see a shelf talker, that's like a bunch of really teeny writing and it's Ugh. like six or seven the sentences. I'm like, amount. I'm not reading Well, that. that's
1: why I'm like, are we giving, giving Heidi too many things? You know, like I just worry that no, I would I would okay. say you don't even have to write
0: them as sentences. I yeah, could do same. you could do a bulleted list. Yeah. You know, a like bulleted list would give me more
1: than a sentence. I don't know why. You're right. We're in a store to read, but I just would the bullet bulleted list but is it, gonna but be. It's easier. because you're
0: so overwhelmed. Yeah. There's so many titles to read. There's so much so much reading happening in a bookstore that if I like if I was walking along and I saw a book, a shelf talker underneath a book that was like horror, haunted houses, um, creepy mushrooms grow out of somebody's eyes, I would be like. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, love Heidi. Yeah, love, <laughs> like, yes, love Heidi. First off, Heidi needs to be my friend. Second off, uh, you know, it it's just the specific part of it is the part that makes people go. Because if you start, the good thing about putting, I would start broad and then go to specific. Because people who don't like horror at all are going to keep moving. Yeah. But the for, like people who do like horror are going to be like, ooh. And then if they like haunted houses, they're going to be like, ooh. And then the little specific thing, like you said, eating jam on a spaceship, whatever it is. Um, that's going to make them curious because that seeing something that's so specific like that makes someone go, Oh, I have to know more. What kind of jam are they eating on the spaceship? Is it floating around their heads? Like what's happening here? And so, and I, I wouldn't worry about making, uh, making, writing out full sentences, doing a bulleted list. And then with a little heart that says love Heidi, I think is perfect. Um, so listeners write in, give us, give, help us help Heidi, give us some tips and let us know. Cause I'm also, you're right. We could probably could have done a whole episode on this cause it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your bookish question, you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Now let's answer a recommendation request. This is a recommendation request and some follow-up from Jonathan. Jonathan says, a while back, I wrote in asking for advice on helping my three-year-old, who is now four, read more. I believe you called him a future book sniffer. (laughs) Well, we got the Yodo player, and I thought I would send a follow-up. So we recommended, we did did some research, and we found this special player that plays, like, books out loud. Mm -hmm. Their whole problem was that their kid loves to have someone read to him, but you can't read to a child, you know, for 12 hours a day or your vocal cords will we'll quit. So Jonathan says, my son absolutely loves the Yodo player, though he uses it for his favorite story podcast more than the books we have bought him. The Yodo library keeps expanding to include more content and and can grow with him. He likes that he gets to control it and start and stop his podcast slash book slash music. He has dropped it down the stairs a couple of times and it's no worse for wear. The full-size version of the player also has a customizable light so at night it's his night light and when he's allowed to get up in the morning it changes color all customizable from the parent's phone app. Wow, this this better than even we thought. Yeah. There's also a mini version that we haven't messed with, but we'll probably get our younger son his own full-size player in the next year or so. After my email looking for recommendations on read-aloud books, I stumbled across an interesting solution at our local used bookstore. In the records section, I found a few read-along records, and now my son has The Ugly Duckling, Peter Rabbit, Pinocchio, and The Fox and the Hound on vinyl, Mm. each with a little picture book. The record reads the book, and there's a chime when it's time to turn the page. It's actually what we're listening to right now and reminded me to send this follow-up up email. I used to have those. Working on my too. wheelhouse. Did you have those? Really? Yeah. I've never seen these. Yeah, yeah. They're really cute. Working on my wheelhouse, I am not done, but it definitely includes books set at sea or in the extreme cold, but especially horror, historical mystery, town in town with a secret. There are a few books that I absolutely love that don't fit into any of those categories though, so I'm not sure how to classify them. Something like the setting is a character. I'm currently reading Chuck Wendig's The Book of Accidents. Any recommendations for what's next? Thanks for all your hard work, humor, and insight. Bria, what should Jonathan read? Great. I also love the setting as a character. There's a lot of post-apocalyptic books that are this
1: that I feel like the like the um that the setting is part of what the book is. But do you think that Jonathan has already read The Deep by Omakatsu, considering that I don't on know. Uh, that there's horror, historical mystery and setting as a character on this list? Because I don't know, but he should. Okay, that's a historical horror novel set on the Titanic. So it is very specific to your wheelhouse it has ghosts it has horror it has intrigue it is great um but i just feel like you've probably already read that one if not i'm gonna shout out dead silence which is horror it's sci-fi but not at sea it's on a spaceship that is kind of like the titanic so i'm recommending two It's very cold in space so so that works out yeah, yeah it's very cold on this ship um and it is uh it's not dissimilar but it is set in space. And I think if you like setting as a character, you're gonna like some space books. I don't know. You don't have sci-fi on there. It is horror. It's straight up horror. So I think either of those, if you've already read The Deep, but I feel like The Deep is a good is a good one. What what do you have for Jonathan?
0: I am recommending Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. Oh, yeah. Um so it's about it's about a family who moves to this small but very well-to-do neighborhood in Long Island, and this family is not well-to-do, and they struggle to fit in because they're not as fancy and they're not as highbrow, and their presence starts to bring some of the secrets of the neighborhood to the surface, um, and the, this big, huge tragedy happens, and everything implodes, and shit gets really dark, and it is truly, like, town with a secret, small town, horror supreme, and the thing is, the neighborhood itself is definitely a character, like, Mm. the whole everything takes place in this tiny microcosm of this neighborhood and that is such a huge part of the book And like the rules and regulations of the neighborhood and the like the tension of it it like it really plays a huge part so i think that will tick the boxes for jonathan and also we're so happy that your kid is enjoying his miyoto player and ha- having a blast and reading a bunch so my recommendation is good neighbors by sarah langan now i'm gonna say the deep by omakatsu uh, so if you want us to answer your rec- recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember again, you want that. My other car is a TBR list sticker. You got to go to our void March store. There's a link in the show notes. If you don't know where the show notes are, go to maximumfun.org, find the reading glasses page on there. And every single episode we have ever done has its own page. They all have a link to our void March store. Um, and if you don't want that sticker, which I mean, who wouldn't? But I already ordered that sticker. There's totes and shirts and stickers and all kinds of other cool stuff there. And it directly supports us and helps us feed our cats. Uh, and if you like the show and want to do something nice for us, that's totally free. Please review us on the uh, podcast listening app of your choice. Do it on your phone, not on a browser, on a computer. And it really, really means a lot to us and makes a huge difference. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram, I guess should we even say Twitter anymore now that we Twitter? Don't
1: know. We, who could say at the time I of don't this recording? Know. I it's guess a no. if Twitter
0: comes back to life, you can find us at Reading G Podcast. But if Twitter doesn't, you're just going to have to go to the Instagram uh, Reading Glasses Podcast. There, maybe we'll make like a Reading Glasses Tumblr or something. Wow, I don't want to make a Reading Glasses TikTok. Very yeah. Mm-mm. stressful. Mm-mm. But for now, while the Instagram still stands, and there's a lot of fun stuff on there, so find us there. And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.